Hey folks, it's Cody Stoffer with Playmakers Corner, here to tell you about Code Red Coaching. Competing in athletics means you've lifted the weights, you've watched film, and you've got the passion. Problem is, that's what everyone else in the state has done. Perfect your game by honing in on your mental performance with Code Red Coaching. Whether you are a team or an individual, Code Red Coaching has the tools to create mentally solid habits and set up you or your team for success. Find Code Red Coaching at coderedcoaching.com or call 720-979-1914 to learn more today. That's coderedcoaching.com or 720-979-1914 today. Now back to the show. What's good, y'all? Welcome back to the Playmakers Corner Podcast. I'm one of your co-hosts for today, Simon Voyanos. And I'm the other co-host, Cody Stoffer. And we're back at it with another top five seniors player list here. Uh, today we're going to do safety. So, you know, if these players uh, mostly played safety their senior year, that's what we're going to classify them as. Or they're a player that we feel like will play safety on the next level primarily, or at least there's a good chance they do. Uh, if they line up like straight ahead against a receiver or whatever, they are a corner in our eyes. And we'll, there's some honorable mentions that we'll go over. So if there's someone that you feel like is missing, we'll probably mention them there. If not, you could always request them uh, by going to our link tree and doing all of that great stuff. So there you go. But let's go ahead and talk about the process with these evaluations here. So uh, it's pretty simple. The player with the highest grade is our highest rated player. Um, we have a system here where we have 10 different categories for safety. We have man coverage ability, zone coverage ability. Top end speed, agility slash hip fluidity there, uh, hip power, pass, contest, consistency, ball skills, height frame, block shedding ability, and run defend ability. For each of those categories, we'll give these athletes a grade 1 through 10. 1 through 3 means that that grade needs some improvement, should be a priority for the player to work on because it could affect playing time either on this level, well on this level as in the high school level or the next level. Uh, because it is a top 5 players list, there's really no player that's really in those categories, but just throwing that out there. 4 through 6, or I guess 4 through 7, is about average. This skill is just average. It's not great, you know, but it's not horrible either. So it sustains for now, but on the next level, it's definitely something they should improve on. Seven through eight here, it's about above average to good. There's a reason why they're a starter, uh, and this skill is one of those reasons why. Uh, think two-star to low three-star level with that. Obviously, the closer to a seven a player is in that category, the closer to a two-star or maybe you know, unrated player they are, and then the closer to an eight, they're closer to a three-star maybe low two-star type of guy. Then we've got eight through nine. That's good to great here. This skill, if given this grade, is comparable to a three-star or four-star talent here. Um, 8.5 is kind of that midway point. Uh, anything above an 8.5 is closer to a four-star. So there you go. There, They're very consistent at this, and, you know, this skill will probably translate 
in some way to the next level. Then we got 9 through 10. That is 4-star, 5-star territory. Uh, very good to elite. This is one of the things that really makes this player elite in a next level type of guy uh, or athlete here. Um, and, you know, somebody that could actually get some pretty good playing time on the next level because of that skill specifically if we give them that rating. So, Boom, there you go. We add up all of those grades here because, like I said, there's 10 categories and they'll get a grade, 1 through 10 in each of those. And so we'll add it up and then the final score is the rating. Myself and Cody, we both grade just slightly differently. You'll see that. But we'll have a PMC grade, which is basically our average, which is how we go about these rankings. And so uh, whether you're ranked at 1, 2, 3, 4, 5, it's basically the average of myself and Cody's rating how we see fit oh okay so i don't think i'm missing anything cody real quick is there anything you want to add on to that intro there not really you know i think that these prospects are going to speak for themselves as we read out their grades and whatnot and you know i'm just very excited to talk about this very talented and deep uh safety class i think that talent wise this safety class is a lot closer to the one that we saw the first year that we did this compared to last year. Well, last year's class was pretty good. I mean, we had Costanzo. We also had, well, we didn't have him there because he got hurt, but Grant Page would have been a part of it. So, yeah. But, I mean, I, I'm just going to say this before we head into it. Safeties here in Colorado are really underrated because a lot of them, you know, they're forced to... They got to play the run. You know, you can't disguise them and whatnot from doing that. And that's because of system. But on top of that, the best safeties here play well against the pass. Right, Cody? So Absolutely. I'm just throwing that out there. Yeah, and you got to be well-rounded too. So, yeah, but let's go ahead and hop into this at number five. I'll uh, intro this real quick here. But we got our fifth best safety here in the class of 2023. That is Caleb Davis out of Cherokee Trail. Uh, hopefully, I'm saying that right, and it's not Kaleeb Davis, because I keep looking at that K, and it's, I don't know. So, excuse me if I'm saying that wrong, but he is the 5'10", 170-pound safety out of Cherokee Trail. Had a pretty good season and whatnot. Was one of the top interception leaders in the entire country. Uh, I'm going to go ahead and start this out by just reading off all my grades, then talking about the best grades, his lowest grades for me. Then I'll pass it off to Cody and we'll discuss after he talks about his grades. But let's go ahead and go down the line. At man coverage ability, he wasn't really asked to cover guys one-on-one -on -one a lot, which is a little disappointing. That's more of a system thing there, but I gave him a 7. Uh, zone coverage ability gave him a 9.3. Uh, I'll talk about that later here. Top end speed gave him a 9.3. He's the fastest safety in this class, in my opinion. Uh, so he's rated really high there at a 9.3. Agility, hip fluidity is at 8.8. .8. Hip power is a six. That feels a little bit of a stretch. Uh, I'm not even going to lie, but I'll give him that for now. Pass contest consistency is 8.5. Ball skills 8.7. Height and frame is a five, along with block shedding ability. Gave him two fives in those. And then last but not least, run defend ability 
is an 8. My overall grade for Caleb Davis is a 75.6 here. But let me go ahead and talk about his highest grades and what really makes him great. So his highest grades is a 9.3 in zone coverage ability and a 9.3 in top end speed. Here's the thing about Caleb Davis. He is an extremely fast athlete he is more than fast enough to play on the next level I mean look he's just somebody that's not going to allow any deep passes um or he's not going to get beat on any deep passes now if it's one-on-one and it's like a 6-3 receiver yeah who knows right but he's going to be there for he's not going to get burnt because he's too fast for that too agile for that and he plays his zone very well I mean he uses his speed to his uh, you know to his advantage and baits a lot of quarterbacks it happens kind of a lot here you know you look at some of his film here and uh, specifically film from his interceptions and he is at least maybe 20 yards off the receiver and some of these picks and he will just come out of nowhere and grab the ball that is tipped up in the air or pick it off or whatever and then he'll house it too he's somebody that I feel like especially on the next level could be a really good special teams player potentially uh, a punt returner or a kick returner I like punt returner because well this is just me as a coach but you know in case they fake it or whatever at least you have a defensive guy back there and not some receiver who hasn't hit anybody in his life really and so I think he would be a great punt returner out there with his speed and agility. Definitely somebody who could house it. And so those are the strengths of his game. He's a real good cover guy. Uh, great athleticism. You know, a little light at 5'10", 170. But let's go ahead and talk about that. So, honestly, he's listed at 5'10", 170. But I don't really buy it. I think 170 is pretty generous. I think he's probably closer to 160, which is not the worst thing in the world. He could be in the 140, 150 range, but I think he's at least 160. Uh, definitely closer to that than 170, though. So he's a little light here, and it kind of reflects as well in his block shedding ability and ability to play the run here. If any player gets his hands on him, he's he's just a little too weak to like block shed them you know like there's a difference between being able to block shed like a player gets his hands on you and you shed that and then being able to run around a guy a lot of the time he's able to run around guys which is why his run defendability is a is a little bit higher here and whatnot and that's cool that's great on the next level though there's going to be guys who could match your speed and who could get their hands on you. And you got to find a way to stop that. And so that's kind of where I want him to improve here. Uh, I think that's a big area of improvement here that might affect his playing time and his ability to play on the next level. Just because I'm just not super, I'm just not sold on his strength right here. And I think uh, that's the biggest thing when it comes to block shed ability, at least for him. It's not really technique. I think his strength is the biggest thing here. So if he could get stronger, then he'll be better against the run. It won't be as much of a liability because that's kind of what it feels like when he's out there. But with his athleticism and speed, you can't keep him off the field, especially in today's game where there's a bunch of speedsters out there and you got more coaches that are willing to put those speedsters in position uh, in positions to get the football and play, make and win. You got to have speed to match that, you know? 
Um, so there you go. I think he's too fast to keep off the field, but that's definitely a little bit of a concern. And that's why uh, those are his two lowest grades here. And that's kind of something that separates him from everyone else. Obviously, his speed separates him from everyone else on this list, but I think the lack of strength and power and ability to really block shed is going to be an issue on the next level. And either you got to disguise that as a coach or, Caleb, I mean, he has to work with what he got. And, um, yeah, just take really, really good angles all the time. But, Cody, before we discuss Caleb Davis, the prospect, together, why don't you go ahead and talk about your grades for him? Yeah, I'd love to do that. And so with Caleb Davis, you're going to find a lot of our things overlap here. I, I do have the man coverage ability as one of his lower rated categories, but still rated at a 7.7. And that's mainly based off of potential, I would say. Uh, just with his hip fluidity and top end speed, I really think that he could do it. But like Coach V said, schematically just hasn't really been asked to do that. Uh, we are very similar here in zone coverage ability at a 9.1, top end speed at a 9.2. I have his agility slash hip fluidity at an 8.9. His hip power, I have at a 4.6. Pass contest consistency, I have at a 9. Ball skills, I have at a 9.1. Height slash frame, I have at a 5. Block shedding ability, I have a 4.9. And run defendability, I have at an 8. So... The thing about Caleb Davis is obviously his numbers on my board are all over the place, and that's why he averages out to a 75-5 for me. And like a solid two-star guy, like Coach V said, look, he may be the most athletic guy, at least pound for pound, uh, is one of the more athletic guys on this list, if not the state of Colorado, with his speed, with his zone coverage ability, he's able to, you know, shift very quickly to the direction that he needs to go break up some passes and then you know his ball skills one thing that really stuck out to me is when he high pointed a ball that you know was targeted for a wide receiver that was definitely taller than him I want to say the receiver is probably closer to like six foot one um than than five foot ten for sure and Caleb Davis just goes right up there and I mean the wide receiver Maybe not the the toughest guy to to make this play on per se, but Caleb Davis still shows the ability to climb that ladder and high point that ball. I think that that is really key, and you know he reads where the ball is going to go and he reads quarterback's eyes very very well. Uh, so I think that allows for his ball skills as well as his zone coverage ability to be rated so high. And this doesn't even include the nine that I have in pass contest consistency. When he isn't able to make an interception, he does a great job of getting a hand in there. He does a great job of diving and breaking up passes and just racking up, you know, deflections like that. And, you know, I I am just blown away by how incredible of an athlete Caleb Davis is. But that smaller frame, under 170 pounds, he is just a liability if somebody gets their hands on him. Now, you will notice, and it, it may seem a little backwards, but I promise it makes sense, his run defendability is at an 8 because he takes great angles to meet ball carriers not only at the line of scrimmage, but even behind the line of scrimmage. He had five tackles for loss this season, and you don't do that without taking great angles, and his tackle volume is extremely high. So he's a solid tackler. You know, he can take really good angles to, to defend the run. That's why that's at an 8. However, you know, if a tackle or tight end ever got their hands on Caleb Davis, woof. I mean, he barely is able to shrug off, you know, wide receivers, like slot guys that get their hands on him. He has a little bit of a hard time getting around those, which is why, you know, it gets kind of close to a five here. But I really just think that it is a huge area of focus. 
not only strength-wise, but I also think that technique-wise, there's a little bit of a gap for him to bridge compared to a lot of these other guys on this list. And then hit power-wise, I mean, look, he records a lot of tackles. He's a very sound tackler. He'll wrap up around the hips, but it's not like he's dropping the hammer on anybody. And I think that that, you know, could be a strength thing. It could be a frame issue, but he has the speed to at least make some really good contact. So, you know, it's it's kind of a mixed bag here, but all in all, you know, he's a super athletic and fast safety that can be trusted with the responsibility of the whole field in the pass and the run game. He's chased down some of the faster athletes in the state. I recall there's this one particular play against Rock Canyon where it should have been a touchdown and Caleb Davis was not even the closest defender to this runner here, but he's able to chase him down and make the tackle before that runner could get into the end zone here. And, you know, I think that's a combination of great recognition and technique to tackle ball carriers that are almost always are bigger than him. Um, and, yeah, I think that he, he does a great job of contending passes both to receivers that are his size or bigger than his size as well. It's just the if, if somebody gets their hands on him, I do worry about him becoming just a non-factor on the play. And, obviously, you know, he, he just doesn't really have a a hard-hitting factor to him. Coach V, we saw pretty eye-to-eye -eye here on most things. Obviously, our numbers are just a little bit different here, but Caleb Davis, I think that you look at him as an athlete, as an athlete, he has D1 athleticism, but the strength and the frame and the, the lack of man coverage makes it a little bit hard to commit to him. And, and so he kind of falls into this weird D2 to D1 ups, like flyer kind of player here. What, what does that kind of mean to you for him as a prospect? I mean, our grades overall were only 0.1 points away. And overall, he landed at a 75.55, which makes him a two-star guy. And normally, that's automatic D2. But there's a lot to like about his speed and athleticism here, like you said, especially as like a special teams guy. Yeah, no, absolutely. I mean, it pays to be fast. You know, it pays to be fast. That's something you can't teach, something you can't, you know, buy or instill. Sometimes you're just that guy. You know, you're just faster. It pays to be a great athlete. And look, we know what kind of player he is. I think we both alluded to it. Uh, well, we both said it. I mean, he's a cover guy, right, who has a very good athleticism that kind of helps cover up you know, some of his weaknesses, which is not a bad thing. That's life. You know, you you got to work with what you got, you know, and so he has good speed and he uses it to his advantage. When I look at Caleb Davis, I look at somebody that could play on special teams almost right away for a lot of different squads. I think I talked about, um, I talked about returning and all that great stuff, which I think is definitely valid. But I'm looking at kickoff. I'm looking at punts. I mean, this is a guy that, you know, could really pin somebody. If you got a kicker or punter who could really get some air on the football, you know, even maybe not the greatest air on the football, Caleb Davis is somebody that could really 
pin somebody down because you know there's two parts to a great punt you got the kick itself and then you got the guys who gotta you know down the football and the player and you gotta have speed for that and I think that's where Caleb Davis comes in and so there's the special teams aspect which is should be really appealing to a lot of teams he could be a great special teams guy and that could pay for a lot of his college if not all of it uh, which is big time, you know, but as a defensive player, as a safety as well, I mean, he's a good cover guy, somebody that you could throw in there when you're playing a team that has that Tyreek Hill type, you know, or Miko Hardman type or whatever, you know, a pure speedster, you could put, well, I can't talk, excuse me, you put a guy, you put a guy like Caleb Davis back there and he's not going to get beat. You could count on him to at least contest the football right, at least contest uh, some of those throws deep, and that can make life a lot easier knowing you have a speedster back there that could go to work. Now, there are some things he could definitely work on. He should be stronger, or he should get stronger, should play the run a little bit better, would love to see him in more man-to-man situations, because then that's when you could really cook as a defensive coordinator, like, hey, is this a guy that I could put in the slot and cover the slot receiver? If yes, that's a big plus, you know. Uh, or is this a guy that I could put on the outside as a corner, maybe even convert to corner? Then yes, that'd be even better, you know. Uh, that'd be great, honestly. And so even though he is rated here as a 75.55 between the two of us, that's typically a two-star. The sky's the limit, you know. He has a great ceiling because of his athleticism and he's definitely a next level guy i wrote down here uh i see him being at a high d2 i think that's the realistic thing here i think he could thrive at a d2 i think he could potentially be a top uh paid player at a d2 as far as scholarships and all that great stuff goes and he could live a very fun and good life for the next couple of years at a d2 there's nothing wrong with that and still have a path to the pros if that's in the cards now, on the other hand, he could also go to an FCS. Do I think he could go? He could go to a powerhouse like a Montana State or a North Dakota State. Probably not. I don't really think so. Now, can he go to a Northern Colorado that you know could use some of that speed that plays in a stacked? Uh, Big Sky Conference where there's great talent all around. You know, we've seen it recently with the Cooper Cups of the world. Uh, even throwing Troy Anderson, who's a speedster himself. Yeah, you know, they're, they're a team that could definitely use him. And so I'm looking at teams like a UNC, you know, some of those lower-level FCSs that are kind of rebuilding here to get a guy like Caleb Davis and, you know, kill two birds with one rock, basically. Got your special teams guy, and you got a guy who could cover at safety. Cody, what do you think about that? And uh, we could start talking about some interest uh, for him. As of right now, it's December 2nd when we're recording this if we want as well. Yeah, so, you know, the thing about Caleb Davis is I think that I, this isn't an exact comparison here, but you look at what a guy like Charles Offerdahl has been able to do up at CU. Uh, prime, he's preferred walk-on, but, you know, was definitely brought on because of the interest that he could bring as like a special teamer and as an athlete. And he's carved out a role on that buff squad, you know, this past year. And, you know, that's really exciting. And I think that Caleb Davis, while obviously not having that upside as a running back that offered all does, does have, you know, athletic intrigue to him. And, you know, I think as well, if you look at his upside on like a D one 
program, I think that he'd be a very, very solid quarter kind of secondary safety three kind of guy where you can roll him back. Or maybe, you know, if you could coach him up on that man coverage, he could be that, you know, that cornerback four slash safety three kind of role on a team and just be very, very special in those, you know, it's a pass situation, somebody where you can sub him in and he's not somebody who has to warm up. He can get a pick six for you on his first play from scrimmage. And, you know, I think that's like his really, really high upside as as far as being a Division One player goes. But, you know, I do think that D2 is kind of where it is going to potentially shake out here. I mean, Caleb Davis looking through, you know, some of the uh, interest that he's had. He had a game day invite to Chadron State, you know, this season. That was in November and, you know, any edits that he's had have been mainly through, you know, Chadron State so far. He's been a participant in the Blue-Gray American Bowl. He or he earned a few stars at, like, the Blue-Gray Combine. So, you know, he has those things going for him, and that may be something that he participates in again. But I, I think that Chadron State is the extent of his interest. Chadron State obviously just recruiting very, very well here in the state of Colorado Coach V, what do you think of a potential fit to Chadron State, and who is missing out on offering him? I mean, he even floated out a UNC, who we know is going through, you know, a, a coaching upheaval and change for sure. But, you know, could could be a good uh, sneaky little grab here, and probably wouldn't even cost them a full scholarship, um, if I got to be completely honest. No, it, it would not cost them a full scholarship. But I wouldn't mind giving him a full one anyways if that sweetens the pot and closes the deal, to be honest with you. Uh, look, I love Shadron State personally. That is a program to me that really recruits heavily at like linebacker, defensive line. Like at least these last couple of years, they've really hit the trenches and have built a pretty formidable you know, recruiting class year by year just with Colorado talent in the trenches. Now, getting a speedster like a Caleb Davis, that's a game changer because then you're at a point where it's like, all right, you know, got all these linemen, we got all these linebackers, let's just blitz the hell out of them uh, because we know we got a safety that could erase a lot of mistakes or at least be there to erase a lot of mistakes, which, you know, at that point, it's 50-50. Who cares? Uh, and you can live with that as a DC, you know, when you got guys that are just charging and you got a speedy safety back there that is preying on quarterbacks to make mistakes, you know? And so I love that fit. Um, I know they treat him right out there. I, I don't know about Mines or CSU Pueblo or, or Adam State or Western, but I feel like those would be great fits as well. Personally, you know, if I'm a UNC, I look at this guy and I'm like, hey, you know, let's what's the most amount of money or best situation uh, that we could offer him, you know, that would at least compete with the D2 sounds, you know, at least just as good at being uh, one of those higher paid guys at a D2. If I'm UNC, I at least look into that, try to get a little crafty here, picking up an extra guy. Because like I said, the athleticism and the speed speaks for itself, and that's lethal. You know, that's definitely lethal. And there are packages you could put him in and be very happy with how he plays with that. So, uh, yeah, I mean, it's, uh, it's a shame he doesn't have more, you know, but I, you know, he's, he's a little smaller, so it I kind of get it. It was also kind of a down year for Cherokee Trail as well. 
Um, and we've been we've been new that this safeties or this secondary of Cherokee Trail has produced some studs over these past few years, and they continually get under recruited as well. So I'm not entirely surprised, but it is a bummer nonetheless. Yeah, no, absolutely. You know, absolutely. They always have a couple guys over there. And so it's it's tough. I understand, though, why some programs may, you know, might not have found him yet and whatnot, especially Colorado programs, because it feels like there's no stable programs in the state right now. So recruiting as is tough, though, in you know, you're at a school that's not having the most successful season and this and that. And you see some of the box scores, you know, it's it's not looking great, you know, sometimes. And so. It is what it is, but I, I'm a firm believer that Caleb Davis is a next-level player and can contribute a lot to a team as soon as his freshman year, to be honest with you. Now, if I'm a coach, would I play him his freshman year right away? Unless I'm desperate? No. I I would I would for sure redshirt him, but after that, I think he could get some serious burn and be a multi-year starter uh, and whatnot. Depends the role, you know, multi-year starter on special teams, uh, defense, be a rotational guy. Like I said, it depends the role and the program. Is that fair to say, Cody? Yeah, no, I agree with with all those takes. And uh, yeah, I think that the, the future is very bright for whichever program picks up Caleb Davis here. Um, so, yeah. But yeah. You have anything else to add on about Davis, or can we talk about this next guy here, our number four safety? Go ahead. Uh, let's keep it going here. Yeah, let's get the ball rolling. And this number four safety is out of Valor Christian High School, which the by the time we're recording this, we'll have played in the state championship game. But here's still a uh, best of luck from the past to Trey Stott out of Valor Christian High School, who has been asked to do a lot more for this Eagles team since last year, and he has stepped up to the plate and has performed very, very well. Um, look, the thing about Stott, let's go ahead and just go through these categories here. Man coverage ability, I have at a 7.3. Then zone coverage ability, I have an 8.8. Top end speed, 8.9. Agility slash hip fluidity, 8.9. Hit power, a 7.8. Pass contest consistency, 7.8. Ball skills, 8.1. Height slash frame, he's 5'11", 195, I want to say, basically. So, like, an 8.1 there. Uh, block shedding ability, a 7. And run defendability, a 7.5. All in all, that adds up to an 80.2. So, just a fringe three-star guy. And let's go ahead and talk about some of the things that he does really, really well. I kind of list them all in a row here. Zone coverage ability, top end speed, agility slash hip fluidity. Look, he's a very solid athlete. He covers the field very, very well. And, you know, he does have a little bit of a luxury of playing with some talent in front of him. However, he is a fantastic last line of defense for this Valor squad here. And, you know, when I watched um, the Regis versus Valor game at the beginning of the year, he was making a lot of tackles in that game. As, you know, a lot of this Valor team was kind of trying to find their footing and they were adjusting to a new coach and whatnot there he was flying all over the field it was one of his higher tackle games i would say and you know anytime that they were passing it they couldn't really afford to pass his way and he even notched an interception in that game which i think was you know a good reflection of what his agility would look like for the season heading forward he did you know turn to follow a route one way then he 
went to follow another route that came through his zone another way, and then eventually made the interception and had a nice return that put Valor into the red zone here. So, you know, very, very solid agility. His hips move very, very nice. And, you know, he has... He has solid ball skills as well. You know, I have his ball skills at an 8.1, but he's made a handful of interceptions this year. And he was even asked to do a little bit more on the offensive side, getting a couple of, uh, you know, targets thrown his way as a receiver. He got a lot more handoffs. So even with his workload increasing on the other side of the ball, he was still successful and improved basically all of his numbers from his junior year to his senior year on this defense. Now, some things that I wish he either got more opportunities to do or maybe could could improve on as well is, you know, block shedding ability first and foremost. He does not have a bag or a move or like really strong hands or like to stiffen up a blocker and create that space, create that distance, and then be able to make a move and get there one way or another. He's his best you know, his pro in the run game is just meeting the ball carrier in open field, which does take a lot of time and discipline. But, you know, his run defendability on top of that, I have rated at a 7.5 because he's just not, I just don't feel like he's aggressive enough and he's not filling lanes the same way that a lot of these guys are or, you know, making plays in the backfield, which I understand is not like, that's more what the linebackers are supposed to do. But all these guys have a really, really solid ability, even three-star ability to do that. And I just didn't quite see that from Trey Stott. So I think I'd like to see him be a little bit more aggressive. And then last but not least, the man coverage ability. Look, I think that he has the tools to do it. That's why he still has a 7.3 in man coverage. And there are glimpses of man coverage. Uh, but, you know, I think that he can get a little too carried away trying to look at the quarterback like he would in zone rather than looking at his guy. And so I think that's why that's one area that he could use some improvement here. Um, I, I, before I continue to talk about his overall assessment here and kind of where I see some big areas of improvement for next level coaches to focus on. Coach V, what are your grades here for Trey Stott? Yeah, no, for sure. Uh, I'll just go down the line. So on man coverage ability, gave him a 7.5. Zone coverage ability is a little bit lower for me, 8.1. Top end speed, though, 8.6. Agility hip fluidity, 8.5. Hip power is a 7. Pass contest consistency is an 8.5. Ball skills is an 8.5. Height and frame, uh, 8.5. I mean, he's a solid 5'11", 190. I I could see him even being able to play at the same high level at 200 pounds. And so that has a lot more potential there than the 8.5 I gave him. But, you know, it is what it is. Block shedding ability, 7. And then run defendability, 8.5. My grade for him is an 80.7. I think he's a 3-star for sure here. Uh, let me talk about his highest grades here. At the top, there's a lot of grades kind of clustered here. I mean, his his best grade is an 8.6 for top end speed. You know, right behind that, I gave him a run defendability of an 8.5. You know, and then there's just like a bunch of other things here at 8.5. A height and frame, like I said. Ball skills, pass contest consistency, uh, agility, hip hip fluidity here. I think the thing I really want to hammer home with Trey Stott is that he is very good, very solid at uh, a lot of things. 
you know, uh, in coverage. You know, he's not going to make a lot of bad mistakes. I really didn't see him make any mistakes this season, to be honest with you. So I could give him a little bit more credit there. Uh, against the run, he's not going to allow big plays, period. You know, now is he going to get a bunch of tackles for loss and whatnot? Probably not, but also I'm not really mad at that. Uh, look, as your job as a safety, you're the last line of defense. So honestly, I'm okay with him being safer than sorry because the last thing I would want is for him to bite really hard on a play and then get plowed by a pulling guard and whatnot because he wasn't patient enough to see it. Uh, I think his patience is something that is really underrated and whatnot, even I would say both in the pass and run game. I think he just sees a lot of things very well and he won't quite jump the gun. Uh, altogether, I think he's a great safety, uh, very good safety for Valor. Look, Valor has went through a lot the last couple of years, especially this transitional season here. But the thing that makes this Valor defense so good after watching them against Thunder Ridge, after watching them live um, against, uh, well, I watched them live, sorry, against Thunder Ridge, but I watched them like in real time, I guess, against Regis Jesuit in the playoffs is because Trey Stott, you know, he's just a very steady force out there. He's not going to allow big plays. He's going to do his job. He's going to communicate a lot. You see that, you know, and I think that's what really holds down this defense. He's the glue guy. For this defense to be honest with you and on the next level I think he could be that for a lot of programs that need stability at safety you know you need a guy that could kind of do it all that could hold the team together that could hold the defense together most importantly that's what you're getting with Trey Stott here you know he does a lot of those things very very well here at least at the three-star level I think he's very comparable to a lot of three-star guys I mean I've looked at guys from Texas here at safety and whatnot and I think he's pretty comparable to a lot of those three-star guys for sure you know I don't really have any doubts there uh, also I just want to shout him out as an athlete he was asked to do a lot on offense they were times that I'm gonna say that he looked like the best running back on the field and that's with a sawchuck and a crackler and a, like all these other great athletes out there too you know he looked like the best running back for Valor Christian a lot of times throughout the season including in that Regis Jesuit game in that Thunder Ridge game I felt like he was that dude you know and so I'm gonna throw that out there and come back to that point later here I mean he's just a very good athlete uh, very steady athlete that does a lot of the things right now some of the lower grades I did give him block shedding ability is he gonna get plowed and just ran over all the time no he's not you know I think he's strong enough fast enough to be able to do a decent job get a decent push here now, is he going to be, like, super fast coming off a of block, you know, and all that and uh, just being able to have a whole bag and all that great stuff? Not really. I think that's something he could definitely improve on hand speed uh, and precisiveness with his hands as well. You know, when he gets engaged and whatnot, I'd like to see him block shit a little bit more. As he gets stronger and faster, I think that's going to come naturally. So I'm not really tripping over it, but it's just something I've noticed. And then that hit power, I kind of felt like he was a harder hitter maybe last year or maybe I'm just tripping um but I'd like for him to get stronger is where I'm at a little bit more explosive here I mean he's a good tackler and whatnot I'll give him that but I mean it's not like like jaw jarring like he's not gonna break someone's jaw at least I wouldn't think so 
you know, you know, maybe he gets the right angle and he could do it, but it's just not, it's just not quite there. I want a little bit more, uh, but like I said, he's asked to do a lot. So, you know, would you rather get the big hit or would you rather get the tackle for no gain? Give me the tackle for no gain. If I'm the DC, I don't care honestly how hard you hit him if it's a fourth down situation and you got to stop him in one-on-one like I would care about you stopping him before he crosses that line so there you go that's what it comes down to honestly that's what it comes down to can you make big plays in big time situations yes and yes is it gonna look the prettiest is it gonna look the nastiest is it gonna make a highlight reel you know uh probably not you know but he's a very solid safety, he's a very solid athlete, and he does a lot of those things here. I just feel like, you know, there's not a lot. Like, there are usually athletes and players where in their game, there's like a specific skill or something about him that just really stands out. Like, man, if you just look at just this skill with this player, he's elite. You know, with Trey Stott, he's really good at a lot of things, and I think that's the thing that makes him a high-level player being good at a lot of things. Now, would I call him elite at hitting? No. Would I call him elite at coverage? Probably not. I would say very good, though. I mean, he's going to be, like, he, he's not going to bait too many play, uh, quarterbacks, I feel. I feel like that's something he could do a little bit more, but maybe he just knows himself, and so he knows that he doesn't quite have the athleticism to do it, which I'm not mad at. Make the play. Make the right football play and whatnot, you know, and so... Just a lot of things where it just doesn't quite stand out, but he's very good at it. And because of his overall just, I guess, playing a whole game of football and being good at that, that's what makes him a very good safety in my eyes. Is that fair to say, Cody? You know, it's kind of hard to explain. I'm not trying to slander him. I swear to God. Uh, (laughs) I'm really not. I'm just trying to express what, like how I view him as a prospect here. I think that the best word to describe Trey Stott is solid. I think that he's a solid prospect. He does a lot of things very, very solid, very good. It's not necessarily flashy, but it's not, it's not bad, which is fine. You know, if you want, if you need a cover two safety to come in and shore up your secondary, Trey Stott could be that guy, even on day one, potentially, depending on your program and depending on how your other recruits look. He could be that guy to step in for you and play sound football, which is all that you need sometimes to literally turn around an entire defense. It's just that one guy who does his job on every single play. And Trey Stott is exactly that guy. And I also think that, you know, his defensive ceiling has been capped, I think, by the work that he's put on on the offensive side of the ball. However, it's opened up other opportunities and, you know, viewpoints for recruits. I think that if you're a program, you look at Trey Stott as a guy who could be, you know, potentially a return specialist. He is somebody that you could probably also recruit as, you know, like a change of pace back who could also catch and be rolled out to the slot in a versatile way like that. Like he could be a solid running back as well. So I think that, you know, overall, you just get somebody who I think is going to do whatever you ask, which, you know, looking for coachable players, I'd say that Trey Stott is one of the most coachable players in this state. Uh, with everything that he's been asked to do and everything that he has taken a step forward. And, you know, him being able to do that through different systems these past two years and make the adaptations necessary and still end up being a captain for this Valor squad, I think that that speaks volumes to the impact that he can have on the football field. And, you know, the scary part is that 
he is still, I think, far from his full potential because he plays standing straight up, like, all the time, which, you know, hurts your agility. It hurts your hit power. And so if he plays with a lower pad level, I seriously think that he could move a lot of these categories up, even a full point, which sounds doesn't sound as good as it is but you're talking about like a five point overall swing if he just plays at a lower pad level and it's just something that probably just has to be pointed out to him and he can take the time in the offseason to address that before his next destination his next stop and you know if he is somebody that needs to play a little bit more aggressive in the run game I do think that that's within his capabilities he had more tackles for loss as a junior so I do think that you know, if he is tasked with it or if he is asked to do it, he will do it. And so he's somebody who, whatever you need, he's going to deliver that for you. And I think that that has obviously garnered some interest here. If you don't mind me talking about some of the offers that he has, as well as just some of the looks he's gotten so far. Yeah, let's go ahead and get to it. So what, who has offered? What is the interest? I mean, he's been to state like the last couple of years so eyes have been on him for sure you know i don't think there's any excuses there when it comes to exposure and you know it's a valor christian brand as well but let's go ahead and talk about it uh well what's he got so far as of well the day before state well he's a division one athlete in case anyone missed that from our grades on him and so some of the looks that he's gotten i want to say in the order was he I'm not sure if this was his very first offer, but he got an offer to Drake, um, which is a D1 program. He got an offer to Wheaton, which I'm not sure is D1 or not, but I digress. Uh, also offered to University of Northern Colorado. I'm not sure if that offer still stands with the uh, coaching upheaval, but he also got an offer to Valpo and University of San Diego, and San Diego as well uh, flew him out, and he took a look at their facilities and everything like that, and he, I don't know, he looked like... He looked pretty happy on that University of San Diego, you know, trip as well as with that offer here. So maybe he could be a future USD guy. But, uh, you know, I think that that is a pretty solid reflection of where he could end up. However, I do think maybe some more FCS schools and I'm specifically looking at the big sky. I wouldn't be surprised if, you know, this is another player that we kind of get a little bit hurt about. Uh, going to another Big Sky school where uh, UNC maybe misses here. I think that he is a Big Sky level talent, honestly, looking on that FCS level. Uh, Coach V, what do you think of those offers as well as my assessment that maybe some Big Sky schools should take a, a closer look at Stott here? Yeah, no, I like a lot of those offers a lot. Uh, I had him listed as an FCS D2 guy, but the D2 to me uh he's a high d2 guy for sure you know i think if he does go d2 and you know i don't know what's going on and what what the money is looking like but you know if he goes to a d2 i would make sure you get the most money out of it because i think for a lot of d2 programs he would be the guy getting the most money per year which is what matters when it comes to scholarships and whatnot because that's less worries and stress to worry about later you know uh you want to get paid the most obviously and I think he would be that top guy for a lot of programs because, look, it pays to be the glue guy, honestly. It pays to be the guy that you could just rely on. And I think he is somebody that you could rely on from day one in your program. I really believe that, 
honestly, which you can't say that about a lot of guys. There's a lot of guys where it's like, oh, the potential that puts them up there. He's a better athlete, you know, blah, 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 this and that. But when it comes to Trey Stop, this is a guy that has faced a little bit of adversity, a little bit of a shakier program, even though it is Valorant. They keep going back to state. But, you know, it's hard to learn a new system and play with new teammates and be the anchor to this defense, you know, playing against top-tier uh, athletes here in 5A and whatnot. It's hard to do that. But, you know, he's handled it really well and exceeded expectations, in my opinion, no matter how State goes. You know, that's just where I'm at, honestly. And so, if I'm a D2, I throw all the money you can at him and be like, hey, come be that glue guy for us. You know, come, you know how you know how to win, you know, come be the winner, the tone setter for us here in this program. I think that goes a long way as well, you know. Now, if I'm an FCS, I look at him and I'm like, yeah, this is still a guy that could probably get into the rotation pretty quickly. He won't screw up. He's going to do a lot of the things, you know, a lot of the little things right. Uh, would I make him a full-time starter right away as a freshman? Probably not. Can you start him as a freshman? I think so. I think he's a guy here that might not even need a red shirt honestly um you know we'll see obviously but i would be pretty okay not redshirting him and throwing him out there because i'm not concerned about his frame i'm not concerned about his ability to not be able to understand a more complex playbook i think he's i think he's good honestly i think he's smart enough to handle that uh but you know everyone has their own pace and every uh system's different um but you know we'll i'm just a little I don't know, like, I mean, it just depends the program, you know, I think some FCS programs, I think this goes for everyone, but there's going to be some FCS programs that value him more than others, and, you know, you got to go where you're most valued, because that's where the most money is, and where the most security is, and so I think he is firmly an FCS guy, he could play on this level, he could be a star on this level, he could be an all-conference guy on this level, he could be a national champion, on this level potentially as well you know that's what he brings to the table here it just you know we'll see uh who who gets him i'd love for unc to get him because you know we need all the glue guys uh, in, in that program we need all the glue guys we could get you know because it feels like it's always falling apart so yeah that's Jeez, not man. that's not slander <laughs> that's the truth uh, that's the truth no, you know i know i know. so I just... Yeah, I wasn't expecting to hear that today. But well, it's um, true. I I think highly of him as a football player. You know, I think he's yeah. a winner. I think he's somebody that's going to do a lot of the things right. He's not going to screw up right away. And I think because of that, you know, uh, <laughs> the screw up part sounded like like a hit, but it's really not. He's somebody that you could throw in a game and you could rely on him to not make big mistakes. And honestly, all that's all that matters. And I think that ceiling alone is is really high that's good you know that he's somebody that you could play right away here so if i'm a unc i reaffirm that scholarship i make sure it's a full ride you know get him to call you know northern colorado i know his former coach uh, mccaffrey recruited him but i would still see him as a valuable prospect to me and then you know if i'm in the big sky i could definitely see him going to an eastern washington maybe even uh you know crack a rotation in a montana state which is a perennial contender and whatnot. We'll see what happens moving forward. Montana, I think he's a big sky, like high-level FCS guy for sure, and I don't have a problem saying that. Um, yeah. 
yeah, that, that was a lot of praise for him. Cody, what do you think about all that? Yeah, no, I, I agree. And, um, you know, I'm very excited to see what he does on the next level because he's going to end up on the next level and he deserves to be on the next level. Um, yeah, Trey Stott is a, like I said, solid, solid recruit. You can do no wrong in offering Trey Stott. I really don't think that you can as a program. And um, he's going he's gonna to help you however he needs to. And he's going to do exactly what you ask of him. Um, just, uh, yes. <laughs> yeah. I, I'll, I'll leave it at that. But, um, all right. Well, we do have a few more players to talk it. about. Is that correct? Yeah. We definitely have a lot. Uh, by the way, shout out TFG. He, he ups with TFG. So, you know, we got to shout out our guys here. But the next guy is also a team full gorilla guy here at number three in this senior class in Colorado. And he is the only 4A guy. On this list, the other guys are 5A guys, spoiler alert. That's just how it shook out this year. But that is Josh Gerlock, um, the second junior from Palmer Ridge here. You know, he has been extremely reliable for this team. As we know about Palmer Ridge, they are very good at developing defensive backs, safeties, receivers, skill guys. You know, that's what they do over there. Oh, quarterbacks too. I forgot <laughs> quarterbacks and linemen as well. And you know, they got some really underrated linebackers, defensive linemen. They're a good program. And he has been a part of that rise, which is what matters here. Um, he's been a part of some very good teams these last couple years as Palmer Ridge has moved up to foray and uh, competed at a higher level. And so let's go ahead and just talk about the grades here. Just going down the line at man coverage game, uh, gave him a 7.2. Zone coverage, though, is an 8.8. .8. Top end speed is an 8.5. Agility, hit fluidity is an 8.3. Hit power is a 7.6 here. Pass contest consistency is an 8.7. Ball skills is a solid lot, a solid 9. Excuse me. Uh, there you go. Height frame is a solid 9. I just realized I didn't say his height and weight, but he's 6'3", 204, 205, you know, in that range, and I believe it. <laughs> I very much believe it, so there you go. Block shedding ability, 8. Run defend ability is an 8.7. Overall grade is an 83.8. I think he's firmly a 3-star guy here. Let's go ahead and talk about his highest grades. Uh, 9 for ball skills, 8.8 for zone coverage ability, and 8.7 for run defend ability here. Uh, let's start with ball skills here. He has some very good hands. You know, catching from different angles, contested, uh, high pointing it. You know, I've seen it all. You know, and I've seen, I've got the opportunity to see him uh, work in seven on seven as well. And he does a good job. You know, he has pretty soft hands here. Uh, I don't, I don't worry about his hands at all, which is good. <laughs> so there you go. And also being kind of a taller safety here, that also means you know, if receivers or sorry, if quarterbacks throw jump balls to receivers tight ends, whatever, he's big enough to go ahead and not only contest it, but potentially intercept it as well. I've seen him muscle or out-muscle some uh, pretty good receivers out here over the years, so I'm pretty confident about that here. Um, let's talk zone coverage ability. He is a very disciplined. You know, he does a good job in zone. I got to watch him live against Vista Ridge here at the end of the season, not in the playoffs. And, you know, he did a really good job. Didn't allow a lot of deep plays. And if you know that Vista Ridge receiving core, and obviously the quarterback they have there, they're known for a team to take uh, some big shots downfield, you know, take some big shots, get some big plays, whether it's after the catch or, you know, whatever. 
you know, or if they just burn you and then they catch it deep. Uh, but he did not allow any big plays there, and he even came up and made a lot of uh, plays to stop those after-the-catch um, opportunities for Vista Ridge, and so that was a big indicator for me. On top of that, there is a couple plays that really stand out here. Uh, I think the best one of him playing really good zone coverage is there was this quarterback, and he was rolling all the way out right. Actually, I think it was against Vista Ridge again, but this time it was in the playoffs. So Dorman, uh, the four-star quarterback, he was rolling all the way out right here. Uh, Gerlach, he followed, I mean, well, he followed the receiver that was crossing the field running that little dig or crossing route whatever you know he almost came out of his zone here you know he almost over pursued that guy but he just slowly drifted back to his uh mid zone there and he would end up picking Braden Dorman as he would try to c throw across his body to another crosser that was coming across and that's just good discipline football to me love to see that you know, I definitely love to see that out of him. So there you go. That's why his zone coverage is so high. Run defendability. He is the best run defender, in my opinion, on this list. Um, he's not afraid to go ahead and initiate contact with whoever's blocking, whether it's a receiver, a tight end, fullback. You know, even I didn't see any linemen, but I'm sure he wouldn't be afraid of linemen. Uh out there but you know when it comes to blockers lead blockers coming at him he is not afraid to go ahead and put his hands in their chest and get a really good push either knock them backwards or you know just do a good job uh just filling the lane and holding down that guy so that even somebody else can make the play it's not always about you making the play when it comes to evaluating run defendability sometimes it's about you know how well could you set up your teammates to make the tackle before too much damage is done, before the ball carrier gets too many yards, you know. Sometimes it's about that, and there were a lot of times where he just did such a good job setting that edge, funneling that guy back to his linebackers who are very talented, back to other DBs and whatnot, you know, not letting them get outside and spring loose for a 50-yard gain, you know, really making that running back make a decision, either am I going to cut it up or am I going to bounce it out? If he bounces out, then Gerlach is there half the time, and he's a very sound tackler. You know, he does a very good job there. And so, really impressed by his run defendability. He's somebody that I feel like could almost play linebacker potentially on the next level if you want to do that. I mean, he'd be more of a pass coverage guy, but his run defendability would be good enough for him to be a linebacker. So that's how I view Josh Gerlock when it comes to defending the run. And I can't stress enough how well he does with it. You know, he makes the right football plays. You know, and like I said, it's not always about you. Sometimes it's about how you set up your teammates and help out your team, which is what matters. So there you go. Now, the last two categories I want to talk about are his lowest rating ones. Man coverage ability gave him a 7.2. I He could do it. You know, but I don't think that's really a strong suit. Uh, I do have some concerns about his agility, hip fluidity. Uh, there are times it's not as quick as some of the other guys on this list. And uh, that's why it's a little bit lower here. And just in general, I just don't think he's going to be somebody that you could switch over easily to play corner. I would not personally do that. And I think he's just a safety. So there you go. That can, he could definitely work on his technique a little bit more and his uh, hips there. But other than that, it is what it is. Hip power is a 7.6. There are definitely times he's able to just lay somebody out, lay down the law, you know, be an enforcer. But he kind of has to have a cleaner, like, you know, window to do that. 
and whatnot. I think as he gets stronger, which I think he could still, you know, be more explosive uh, even at this weight and gain a little bit more and whatnot, I think that hit power could definitely go up and he could be a real issue here. But for now, it's good enough. You know, I think it's definitely good enough. Um, like a Trey Stott, you don't need to hit somebody hard to stop them on fourth down. You just got to have good form and get low and drive and make sure they don't get across the line they're supposed to. And as long as you do that and make the right football plays, I don't care how hard you hit him. Stop him. So there you go. Cody, what are your grades? And uh, yeah, and we'll discuss like, what do you think about my evaluation here? Yeah, so we obviously have some overlap here, and I'll kind of go over that with going over my grades real quick here. Man coverage ability, 7.5. Zone coverage ability, 8.7. Top end speed, 7.7. Head agility slash hip fluidity, 7. Hit power, 8.2. Pass contest, I don't know why I almost just said pass coverage. Pass contest consistency, 8.5. Ball skills, 8.6. Height slash frame, 9. Block shedding ability, 8.8. And run defendability 8.8 as well. We got crazy eights down here, down low to talk about. First and foremost here, I think that he fills lanes very, very well. And honestly, I do think that, you know, watching the Loveland game is where I came around a long way to his block shedding ability. Loveland is a pound the rock, run the ball 40 to 50 times a game kind of football team. And, you know, he was asked not only as a safety to play the run, but he was brought up inside the box at like a more traditional linebacker role or even as an edge rusher kind of role in his film. And I think that he did a splendid job against that Loveland front, not only, you know, making plays in the run game and taking good angles, but also getting past, you know, those Loveland linemen that had themselves a pretty solid season, honestly, and produced one of the best rushing attacks in the state. You know, he was able to routinely beat the tight ends. He was able to routinely beat the fullbacks. He was even a couple times able to get across the face of some linemen as well. And so I think that, you know, that contributes huge to my view and my praise for him on a black shedding ability scale here. And I do think that he is the best run defender in this group of safeties, but don't let that mislead you to thinking that he can't play the pass here. He also has one of the higher ratings as far as zone coverage goes. He does a great job of knowing his spacing, knowing his range here. Obviously at six foot three, you have longer strides and you have a longer wingspan here. So he can play, you know, I'd say almost a bigger zone than a lot of guys because he can make those reaches. He can bat those passes out of, you know, hands while also like taking away, he could take away a seam route and still make a play in, on an in route on the same side of the field. And I just find that really spectacular. I think that, you know, his ball skills here, I have it at 8.6 because not only is he somebody who can make interceptions himself as, as you know, as displayed in his uh, stat line and in his ability to take two of them back to the house, but he's somebody else who sets his teammates up by deflecting passes up. He is a tip drill connoisseur here who even set up a Chris Rice pick six in a football game as well. So, you know, not only can he make plays on the ball, but he can also set his teammates up to make really good plays on the ball. And that's also with his pass contest consistency. That's why that's at an 8.5 because those things will overlap just a little bit. Granted, ball skills is more, can you make a play on the ball? But, you know, when he's contesting passes, he can test them so routinely because of his range, because of his length and his, you know, his wingspan as well that allows him to really do that. And then, you know, I don't want to be hit by him going over the middle, 205 pounds. He forced quite a few drops 
you know, over the middle or against receivers where he could really close that distance quick and fast and just level people. Now, for things that I think that he can improve on, you know, there are a couple of snaps on his film where he does end up in man coverage. And I think against, you know, maybe more traditional tight ends, you're not in the worst spot. You know, those guys that do put their hand in the dirt, but I would not like to see him go against more of the modern tight ends. I don't think that that's a great matchup for him if they end up making a really quick cut or, you know, things like that. I think that he could potentially get a little bit lost in there. Obviously, it's not the worst at a 7.5. He does make some plays in man coverage, but just not where I would line him up first. And then for the other categories here, the only two categories that were under an A outside of that were his top end speed and agility slash hip fluidity. Now, he's not necessarily, he's not the fastest on this list, but I don't want people to misinterpret that and think that he's slow. And, you know, his hips can move fluid. However, kind of like what Coach V said, they're not the fastest moving on this list here. It takes a little bit more time shifting from one to the other, kind of moving directions like that. And, you know, I think that's that's not the worst thing. That's something that I think could definitely be fixed uh, just because of what a stellar athlete he is. And I think that, you know, once he gets to a, I'd say, a more constant size and frame as well, that's going to help kind of stabilize some of these other categories for him as well. Um, but all in all, no matter how you chop it up, this is a three-star Division One kind of guy who, quite frankly, is not getting the looks that he deserves. Uh, Coach V, obviously, I want to hear your reaction to my take on your ratings and your take on my ratings, but also I want to talk about what is the deal here with the uh, lack of looks for Josh Gerlach the second. Yeah, well, first off, I definitely agree with you. Uh, look, I, I'll acknowledge this. Hit power could definitely be a little bit higher. I think there, it's more of a consistency issue with me than anything. You know, like he's not going to consistently knock out somebody uh, even if he doesn't quite have the angle, there are some guys that would do that, like a Bo Frailer from past years are coming to mind. Jackson Muma, oh my God, was one who did that for a legend. Uh, that's a couple of years ago. You know, they didn't need the right angle to light you up and hurt you. You know, they just did it. And that's not a, like, that's fine. Some guys are just naturally more like that. I think with the Josh here, though, I, he's just a very good safety. At 6'3", 200, he moves really well for his frame. You know, he has good ball skills. Um, a play that randomly comes to mind, I want to say it was against Pueblo West, but, you know, he was coming down to stop this play here. It was a short pass and whatnot, and he definitely must have seen something that I didn't see because there must have been a slight bobble in the way this receiver caught it because... I, it looked really, like, solid to me, but he just took a quick swipe at it, you know, a quick little tip at it, nothing crazy, you know, and the ball came loose right away, popped up into the air, and he caught it in stride and housed that thing. That which play was, was sweet. That was sick <laughs> to me. That's just good eyes there, you know, fast hands. Love that. I see that, and I'm like, okay, this is a playmaker here. This is a guy that I could rely on at safety, and on top of that, you know, he has versatility. I did say I would not switch him to corner, but I'm okay switching him to linebacker. Uh, that's inside or outside, you know, depending on the scheme. Well, not, he could definitely play safety, both of them, and be solid there. You know, he's a guy that screams versatility to me 
honestly. Uh, and part of that is because of his height and weight and his athleticism. I think that goes a really long way. And so to me, he's at least, he's for sure a D1 guy. FCS, probably group of five at best. Um, don't quite see him at power five yet, but I, I wouldn't mind a power five taking a shot at him. You know, it just kind of depends the program and whatnot, but he's for sure an FCS group of five guy. Just when I watch him play, he's somebody that, you know, doesn't make a lot of mistakes either. He's very like strong mentally and whatnot and has a very good pass IQ and all that great stuff. I mean, I, I like him a lot as a prospect. If I'm an FCS, I look at him and I'm like, hey, this could be a piece to a potential national championship squad. Honestly, this is a guy that, you know, has a lot of potential still, even, you know, the like I said, height and frame and that athleticism goes a long way, but I don't even think he's at the peak of his athleticism, which is really good, you know, I, in my opinion. So there you go. What do you think about that? Um, and what do you think about me labeling him as an FCS group of five type of guy? Still D1, though. No, I agree i think that he's getting horrendously overlooked uh seeing as how he has offers to chatterin and puget sound you know that's that's cool and all but you know the slight interest that he got on some visits and you know some camps and stuff from like unco and au eastern washington wyoming i think that's way closer to where he could play i honestly think that he'd be a really good fit in that wyoming program i think that Culture-wise, he's a very solid fit there. And then just needs-wise, you know, there's something about being a cowboy that I think uh, matches up with Josh Gerlach very, very well here. And I I don't know what it is, especially because, I mean, there's programs that know about Palmer Ridge now. They've been doing it so well for so long. I mean, you even look at last year, like Anthony Costanzo, who ended up at UNLV, like that is big time. And I think that that's where Gerlach could definitely end up and I don't mind taking a flyer on it. What, his hips are a little slow? Okay. Like, I don't care. Are you kidding me? With his size, strength, and speed combination, there's not a lot of players like him in this state, let alone on the next level, honestly, that operate the way that he does. And I think that he's absolutely worth a full ride. I really do think he's worth full ride scholarship on the D1 level. And... I don't know if it's still a little bit of the clog up from, you know, expanded eligibility that I think we'll, we're, we've seen waning down a little bit, but, uh, you know, I think if this was maybe next year, he'd already have power five offers potentially. Um, but you know, it is what it is. You got to play the hand that you're dealt and, uh, you know, wherever he goes, he's going to be, he has the opportunity to be an immediate impact player, um, and, you know, if they do redshirt him, he'll only be better from there. But Gerlach, I honestly could see being, you know, at least a two-year starter, if not a three-year starter kind of guy, depending on what program he ends up. And that's even on the FCS level. So, yeah, no, for sure. And, I mean, it's December 2nd, you know, right before the 4A-5A state championships. There's plenty of time, hopefully. Well, not plenty, but there's time still. You know, and so we'll see. I think um, as some of these programs, you know, solidify their coaching vacancies and take care of all that end of the year stuff, there could be a program out there that could swoop in at the last second and give him a full ride. Regardless, when I look at Josh Gerlach here, 
I don't look at somebody who should have to pay for their education. I look at somebody who shouldn't have to pay for college at all because that's how talented he is. It doesn't matter the level. As long as he doesn't pay for it, I think he's in a very good spot, you know. And so I wouldn't be surprised if a UNC came in at the last second, you know, and really tried to lock down this deal. I could definitely see that. I know NAU was one that really was, like, going after him. Wyoming was one that was really going after him. Then it kind of died down. We'll see. Who knows? You know, it could... There's, there's time, you know, as long as there's time before signing day and whatnot, that's honestly what matters, and I would be surprised if he doesn't go picked up. Now, let's just say, worst case scenario, you gotta go to a Juco. I think he's an instant starter for a lot of Juco's, um, and even top tier Juco's. You know, we've had some Juco's hit up the podcast throughout the season and whatnot, uh, and so that's definitely a route he could go, and then he could eventually you know, earn his way at a D1, that would at least be the uh, most affordable route, because I think he's too talented to not have a lot of his college paid for, you know, I'm just going to keep saying that, because uh, he is for sure a D1 guy, he does too much good stuff here, and it's too versatile not to be, right Cody? Agreed. Boom, well, there you go, uh, great safety out of Palmer Ridge, he's a big reason why Palmer Ridge, like I said, has become more of a known program here in Colorado. And I think, you know, looking back at these years, at these last four years that he has spent at Palmer Ridge, you know, people are going to be like, hey, he was a big part of that. He was a big part of that transition from 3A to 4A, you know, continuing that greatness out there. And so uh, that's it's going to hold some meaning here uh, when we look back at it from a historical standpoint. I'm just going to say that right now, you know, because uh, there's not... There's not like there's a million great programs down south. I'm just going to be real. But, Cody, this next player is not from a program down south. Do you want to talk about our number two player here? Yes, I do. Talking about Jason Tommy out of Ralston Valley here, who had a really solid season both as a program and as a player here. And, you know, we got another uh, guy who's definitely going to be picking up more interest here as you know this month goes on and whatnot but tommy here look he had he okay we were first put on to him at tfg tryouts where he really just made his presence felt in the past defend game and just looked so natural and smooth and instinctive out there and you know it's one thing to do that in a seven on seven setting however he followed it up this season by proving that he could do it in pads and he's so much more in pads as well so let's go ahead and talk about his categories here look man coverage ability i have it at a seven um zone coverage ability 8.6 top end speed 8.4 agility slash hip fluidity 8.7 hit power 8.7 pass contest consistency 8.4 ball skills 8.6 Height slash frame, 8.2. Block shedding ability, 7.8. And run defend ability, 8.6. I'll go ahead and start with some areas of improvement here because there's really not that many. Look, block shedding wise, he definitely has some work to do. He needs to get his hands up and he needs to just engage blockers a lot better. He definitely tries to avoid them a lot. Um, but, you know, he, he can get past, like, wide receivers and whatnot. So I think that the technique is there. It's just getting a little bit stronger or a lot of bit stronger, honestly, in the arms and showing that ability against some of those bigger guys like tight ends and whatnot. 
would go a long, long way. So hopefully he's uh, pumping triceps and whatnot and chest so far this offseason. Or I guess, you know, you're allowed to take a couple weeks off from football, so I, I'm not going to put that pressure on you. But that should be a focus of his in the offseason. And then man coverage ability. I mean, he's just really, really not asked to do it all that much. He can track a man down, and, you know, I think that the skill is there. But I honestly think it would be maybe not even putting him in a bad position, but I think it'd be a waste out of with everything else that he does so well. Zone coverage-wise, he does such a good job you know, mentally of tracking the guys that he needs to track, passing them off, communicating very, very well, and then picking up where he needs or where somebody else left off for another guy, especially on cross field concepts here. Look, he's somebody who zone coverage and ball skills wise, you know, both of those categories being an 8.6 for me has taken over games. He has, you know, gotten game ceiling interceptions. He has stepped up and killed drives of opposing offenses very suddenly and you know he just has a very good feel for the game here and you know that's something where he not only does he do it on that rv squad but he was somebody who was able to do it as well on that tfg squad so he can work with different teammates and whatnot there which i think is a very good reflection of how good of a recruit he is and then you know agility hip fluidity and hip power wise he's somebody gosh he'll make you twice about thinking about throwing over the middle i should say because he has dropped the hammer. Um, maybe not that very first play on your highlight reel. Maybe you want to get rid of that since you see a flag on the play. But anyways, um, outside of that play, he has forced a lot of incompletions off of just great opportunity and acceleration to meet that. Because like I said, he's not necessarily the strongest guy. But boy, can he really drop the hammer and lay the wood on opposing receivers and and force some really big drops he's forced fumbles on running backs as well so it's not just a receiver thing that you have to be worried about and you know he's a he's a quintessential sideline to sideline kind of player with his hip fluidity he's shown to you know make really good recovery on receivers making double moves and working back across the field and you know being able to do all those in the pass coverage game is big time and he's somebody who you know can play cover three cover two cover one cover four he can step up in the box and play against the run so his versatility is very very high his run defendability look he takes fantastic angles to the football here he fills lanes he gets plays in the backfield and that's why you know his run defend is at an 8.6 and you know he's somebody who did a lot of linebacker things from the safety position. And I think that speaks to his speed as well that I have rated at an 8.4, that he's able to come up and make a lot of those plays at, you know, the rate that a linebacker normally would from their position six, seven yards ahead of him. So, you know, that those are just, that's a good encapsulation. I think of Tommy and he just does a lot of things very, very well. I mean, he's knocking on the door of four star traits in a handful of these categories and, you know, with a little bit uh, more strength and filling out his frame even, I'd say. I think that, you know, he could be a very dangerous next-level guy. Coach V, let's hear your grades and then discuss. Yeah, so, uh, like I said, shout-out Team Full Gorilla. Shout-out Coach Thomas as well. We've been to a couple of Coach Thomas uh, workouts, which he holds on Sundays 
during the regular season, not anymore, obviously, but during the regular season. And we've seen him work out, which is where some of these grades also come from. And uh, like you mentioned at those tryouts as well was where we really got put on to him uh, because he impressed. I mean, he is somebody that is just a pure playmaker. Like he's going to stand out right away in any situation, in any football situation. And so just going to throw that out there before we go into grades here. But let's go ahead and uh, go down the line here. Man coverage ability gave him an 8. Zone coverage ability, 9.2. Top end speed, 8.8. Agility, hit fluidity, 8.8. Hit power, solid 8.5. Pass contest consistency, 9. Along with his ball skills, which is also a 9. Height frame, 8.7. Lock shedding ability, 6. Run defendability, though, 8.4 for a grade of 84.4. He's somebody that I for sure think is a three-star, borderline even four-star, potentially here uh, at 6'1", 180. But let's talk about his highest grades here. Zone coverage ability gave him a 9.2. And then pass contest consistency and ball skills are both nines here. Uh, He's very good in coverage, period. I'm just going to say that. You know, did get to see a little bit of man coverage and whatnot, uh, mostly through sevens, and he did a good job. You know, he holds up really well. Um, now, would I consistently put him in that position? Probably not. I think he is very much a zone guy, and probably, uh, I mean, he's a good safety. You know, just simple, straight and simple there. So there you go. Uh, in zone, you know, he does a good job looking at the quarterback size, being aware of the coverages uh well the coverage that he's in and then the concepts that are being ran you know very high iq there which is why he's at a 9.2 uh right now in zone coverage i think a lot of that uh, in my opinion is iq so there you go pass contest consistency and ball skills if the football is thrown his way he's either gonna break it up or intercept it there's not much in between i really haven't seen a pass completed on him uh, where he's there to contest it realistically. I can't think of anything right now, you know, and I've, we've seen him live plenty. Well, I've seen him live uh, plenty of times, you know, it's non pads, but still, I, I still take it in consideration. Cause if you could do it without pads then you could do it with pads and, you know, I've seen him in some games as well, looking at game film and all that great stuff, too. And so, honestly, if it's thrown his way, he's going to find a way to make it incomplete or make it a turnover. It's just that simple, honestly. So, there you go. Now, his lower grades gave him an 8 for man coverage. Like I said, he's not really asked to do it too much in pads, but I would be pretty okay with him uh, manning up if needed and whatnot. So, gave him an 8. I think he matches up well with... You know, probably some more traditional, a lot, most tight ends, most traditional tight ends, uh, some running backs, some receivers as well. Don't really have too much of a problem with that. I just think, I mean, he's just not like, I guess, a freak of nature. Uh, physically, like, he's a very good athlete for sure and a top tier athlete, but he's not like an NFL freak of nature where he's just gonna, you know, like automatically lock someone down. So, there you go, because of his athleticism. Uh, Other than that, when it comes to skills and whatnot, I think, I mean, it's there. So, there you go. Block shed ability. It's a six. It's fine. I mean, most of the time, he just does a good job slipping blocks, you know, reading run plays really well, taking good angles so that he has to afford some of that stuff. Didn't really see a lot of film in general of him, like, engaging 
blockers or them engaging him and being able to shed it pretty quickly here. So I gave it a 6. 6 is usually my default grade if I don't see something a lot. But I'm sure he's fine at it. It's not like he's a toothpick. Doesn't really get bullied, you know, when people do get his hands on him. And I think that's what matters. So boom, there you go here. Altogether, I think Jason Tommy is just a very good safety. Uh, for sure, a D1 guy, in my opinion. He does a lot of things really well here. I uh, love him in coverage, whether it's zone or man. He's going to get the job done here. And when it comes to making plays, you could rely on him to close a game. He's a closer, or he was a closer for Ralston Valley. I think he could be a closer on the next level. And honestly, that's what matters. You know, when you have... A guy like him and the other team they have the ball they're driving down the field you can rely on Jason Tommy to make the right play you know whether it's making the right fundamental play or forcing a turnover and killing that drive right there right then you know that's somebody that you could add to your defense and you know you could go into uh, seasons and into games knowing that hey if it comes down to it I can rely on my defense to get me a stop that's the type of guy you're getting with a Jason Tommy here when you plug him and play him and recruit him and all that great stuff, uh, in my opinion. And even then, he's only 6'1", 180. I'm just going to mention this real quick here. For kind of a guy with a you know a little bit of a skinnier frame, he packs a heck of a punch. And so as he gets bigger, as he gets stronger, that punch is going to get a lot stronger as well, uh, which I'm pretty excited for. I'm pretty high on. Honestly, because he, he is a little bit on the skinnier side, I would say. Uh, is that fair to say, Cody? Is what all I said fair to say here? Yeah, no, I think that we saw eye to eye on the majority of things here. Our grades kind of reflect that, and our overall grade kind of reflects that. You know, between my 83, your 84.4, that adds up to 83.7. Pretty definitively a three-star guy here, especially with everything that he's able to accomplish in pass coverage and with the trust that you're able to enlist in him. Look... I don't think it's any coincidence that, you know, Rouston Valley has made the uh, playoff pushes that they've made. And I don't think that it's a coincidence that they went even further this year uh, with Jason Tommy taking a step forward as well as, you know, the offense as well. But, uh, you know, Tommy, I think, was the clear cut leader on this defense. And I think that he's I think he's a clear cut D1 guy. Um, the offers are just surprisingly low at this point, but like you said, you know, it's still kind of early. I could see him getting a lot of offers now that the season is over, especially considering he's been to a ton of games and camps. You know, he's been to a game day at Northern Colorado. He's been to a game day at CSU Pueblo. Uh, he's visited Wyoming as well. And, you know, I think that he, he's had a lot. He's, it looks like he's had a blast at all of those places. And, um, you know, he's somebody who I think is really going to get the looks that he should be getting here uh, now that he can kind of focus on that part. And, you know, as teams stabilize as well, their programs and whatnot, he's going to do that. But, I mean, look, he was integral in their playoff win over specifically Columbine where he had two interceptions and a fumble recovery. He's just a very heads-up player in every sense of of how a safety is supposed to be. And, you know, I think that... He's only going to improve as he kind of fills out that frame a little bit better. And I think that that's also going to, you know, if you're a school, you got to be like, I don't care that he's, you know, 6'1", 180 or whatever, because I know that he can fill that out. And I'm very confident that his athleticism will remain even with another 10 to 15 pounds thrown on there. 
Yeah, for sure. I definitely agree. Uh, I That can't be the reason why he's not getting some of these looks here. Honestly, I don't know the reason why he's not getting some of these looks. Um, what, Well, wait. Did you uh, say what offers he had, or is it just visits right now and interest? From what I can tell, it's just visits to uh, CSU Pueblo, Unco, and Wyoming. So, so I don't, he doesn't I, have... It, he, I don't know if he has offers at all, or at least he doesn't have any listed on his Twitter, which, by the way, y'all, if you don't post them on Twitter, we just literally might not know. But as of now, it's looking alarmingly shallow, especially for a safety who does all of these things well and, I mean, plays the ball like a receiver and has done so against some really stiff competition throughout this year. Yeah, no, for sure. I mean, he's a playmaker, man. He's somebody who has a nose for the football, whether it's against a run-heavy team, you know, like a, like a Columbine, or if it's against a team that passes it a little bit more, like a Cherry Creek, you know, he does his thing regardless. He is somebody that hopefully gets offered here soon. Maybe he's just keeping it private. I just have a really hard time believing that. Uh, that he just doesn't have any offers. I mean, to me, he's a power five, group of five type of guy. You know, for sure, D1, somebody that, you know, if he somehow slips to FCS, I think he could be a day one starter for a lot of teams. You know, uh, I'm looking at UNC, to be honest with you. <laughs> I would offer him right away with or without a coach, you know, and make sure that coach keeps him, obviously. So there you go there. Uh, I just, I mean, he's he's too good of a prospect. To not get picked up. And once he does get picked up, you know, we'll see where he lands and whatnot. But I think there are definitely chances that he is too good for that team and that conference. And, you know, he becomes a contributor right away. And he becomes somebody that sticks out right away. Or if he chooses to go, uh, you know, Juco, he could be, you know, a top tier guy in the country right away at safety. You know, I, I definitely believe that. So we'll just see. But I am of the belief that he is firmly a D1 guy. Anything less than that, anything less than a full ride, I mean, not that I wouldn't take it seriously, but also I think he is good enough to, you know, at least keep his options open longer than some. Is that, I think that's pretty fair to say, right, Cody? No, absolutely. And I think that, you know, now that I kind of think about it just a little bit more, Rouston Valley just did get, you know, a new coach, a potentially new staff. And, you know, they were probably trying to get things settled and figured out prior to the season and whatnot. And I think that hopefully as they have more time, uh, they'll have more time to communicate with scouts and whatnot and, you know, help with that outreach a little bit more. Because a lot of his visits uh, looked like it was during like the TFG era where they, you know, took a lot of their guys to different camps and different campuses and whatnot. So, you know, I think that that's something worth noting here. Honestly, I saw a little um, uh, looking through his Instagram story that, you know, there was a visit to ASU. And I think that that is that's pretty interesting. And I think a lot closer to his skill level as far as, you know, actually being looked at as a power five kind of guy uh, player for a program. So, yeah, no, for sure. We'll see what happens. I think a lot could change, but regardless, he's an extremely talented safety, and, um, you know, he's definitely someone that could lay the wood and plays the run well, but I think his pass coverage is what really stands out, just being a real solid guy. Uh, not even solid, just being a really, really good to great, like, pass coverage uh, safety here uh, who's not afraid to come up and lay, lay the hammer. 
So there you go. But uh, Cody, if you don't have too much more to say, do you mind if I talk about some of our honorable mentions before we talk about our number one guy here? Yeah, go for it. There's some really good ones in here, even in the honorable mentions. Yeah, so there, there is. Uh, there's also a lot of guys who we looked at and we were like, ah, maybe they play something else on the next level. Uh, Caleb Keith out of Thunder Ridge, he is one. He is 6'3", 200 pounds. He played a lot more safety last year, I want to say. This year was used a bit more as an outside linebacker type, so we just didn't consider him. He's he's definitely worth taking a look, though. Uh, he's also a track star, so there you go there. Jacob Phelps, this is on the 1A level from Buena Vista. He is a heck of an athlete. Speedy, explosive, all that great stuff. He also plays running back. Just throwing that out there. Uh, I think he could play both on the next level. There just wasn't quite enough of film because it was split between the two. And uh, I feel like he had more safety film this year than the previous years as well. But definitely someone who could play on the next level. He might even be a better running back on the next level. So there you go. Uh, Chris Rice out of Palmer Ridge. He's another guy here. He plays safety or at least it's lifted there. But we are going to evaluate him as a corner. So look out for that cornerback list here in a couple weeks to a month. So there you go. Um, but those are all the guys that could have won either way. And I'm sure there's more. You know, if, if you feel like we're missing some guys, maybe check some of our linebackers list or whatnot. It, it's just real. There are some safeties that, you know, play linebacker and are for sure linebackers. And then there are some linebackers who play both but are for sure safeties. It goes both ways. That's just how today's football is. You get a lot of those hybrid guys. So there you go there. Um, then we have some other uh, guys who definitely played safety. Damon Hernandez out of Yuma. That is one got to see him play against Colorado Springs Christian. He just barely uh, was left off the list here. Kyle Solowitz out of Evergreen, part of that great squad. I believe he might have been one of the leaders in picks in 3A. Um, he almost he was on the he was on the edge here for me. He was at 74.5. That was my rating. Just someone who barely misses out, but you know, extremely versatile, playing both man and zone and just doing a good job being one of the bright spots for evergreen there along with tommy poholsky and russ woodward so there you go and then there's gibson leaf green out of grandview here uh you know solid athlete and whatnot cody could probably talk about him more if he wants and then there's also brendan sneller out of lamar he's a two-way guy led uh, two-way in picks and was one of the top interception leaders in the entire state but he has no film at all from and he's like a multi-year starter which is tough because we would love to evaluate that and we couldn't find anything uh at least he really probably could have made a push for that number five spot he for sure could have numbers and impact alone yes yes he for sure could have so there you go if we are missing anybody it might be because they are labeled as a corner or just mislabeled which you know you should probably get on that but cody uh, what do you think about these honorable mentions? Slash, is there anybody else you want to mention here? No, I think that, uh, you know, this is a good batch. Obviously, you know, this is a, a really solid position group for Colorado, as you mentioned at the beginning of the episode, uh, historically. Look, Gibson Leafgreen, I got to see probably his best game of the year against an Eagle Crest squad, uh, where he was just very instinctive. Um and very, very solid with the ball skills. Granted, that did not translate to his the entirety of his film, but he's a solid safety. You know, he probably 
could play on the NAIA level, honestly, and, you know, probably get a little bit of a bag there. So wouldn't hate him for that or even maybe D2. Uh, Kyle uh, Solowetsch here, he is a very solid, well-rounded kind of guy um, who, you know, can play man and zone very well. So I think that there are opportunities for him or should be opportunities. Uh, Damon Thornton Hernandez obviously is somebody who has made a lot of plays for a Yuma squad throughout the year on offense and defense, making opportunistic interceptions and being a part of, you know, a season where they definitely overachieved, I would say. And he was one of the key elements of that. So I just wanted to shout him out there. And, uh, you know, somebody that probably could have made the watch list with uh, hindsight being 2020. But, you know, uh, definitely a lot of guys to talk about here in the honorable mentions. But, I mean, you know, I'm still very, very happy with this top five list, five through uh, five through two. And there's lots to be excited about with this number one guy who, um, oddly enough, kind of follows the trend of being underrated, but in a way different way than one might think. Isn't that right, Coach V? Yes, absolutely. And I'll go ahead and hop into it here. Our number one safety here in the class of 2023 out of Colorado here in Colorado is Logan Brantley of Cherry Creek. He is listed as a three-star. You know, it's it's like a linebacker safety mix. Like, it's like linebacker slash safety. I'm pretty sure that's how it is uh, on some specific sites like Rivals, uh, uh, Max Preps for sure. But we view him as more of a safety. He played more of that safety role, I feel like, this year. And so here he is at number one. Now, I'm just going to throw this out there. If he played linebacker and we classified him as a middle linebacker, he probably would have been number one, honestly, on that list. He probably would have been number one. So there you go. Or at least contend for number one. If not one, he would have been two for sure. But he is a special athlete for Cherry Creek. Part of this dynasty right here. Now we don't know what happens, you know, in in this fourth state championship game, which is tomorrow uh, at the time of recording this. But he's already won one. You know, he's won multiple. So there you go. That's all you really need to know here. But let me just go down the line talking about his grades here. At man coverage ability gave him an 8.2. Zone coverage ability is a 9.4. Yes, you heard that right. Top end speed 8.9. Agility hip fluidity 8.7. Hip power is a solid 9. Pass contest consistency 8.8. Ball skills 9.2. Height frame 8.9 here. Um, he's listed at 6'1-ish. You know, maybe 6'2", 200, 205. Uh, 200 to 205 pounds when I saw him in person he is definitely at least 200 pounds might be even a little bit bigger than that which is insane here block shedding ability 8.5 run defendability 8.1 my overall grade for him is an 87.7 I have not well as of right now I have not rated a player this high ever as long as these rubrics have existed which is like well this is our second year doing it so just keep that in mind and there's good reason for it here now let me talk about his top grades here uh zone coverage 9.5 hit power 9 ball skills 9.2 let's start with zone coverage here in my opinion he is the best zone coverage guy on this list the thing that really separates him from everyone else and jason tommy is right behind him mind you i only have him two points behind him but the thing that really separates logan brantley is that he is so aware 
of his surroundings. He does a good job playing his zone and not committing too much to a receiver uh, one way or the other. And that allows quarterbacks to feel like, hey, you know, maybe it's a little safe to test uh, that coverage and whatnot. And he does such a good job baiting them by doing that. Just by being so aware of, uh, you know, his surroundings and his spacing. You know, that is next level stuff. Just being that aware, just watching him play zone is extremely special. And he does it on a consistent basis. You know, whether he's asked to cover, you know, a little bit more of a linebacker type of zone or cover deep, he does it all. You know, he does a very good job at that, which forces a lot of turnovers, especially this year, which is where ball skills come in at a 9.2. Between his junior and senior year, he has jumped a lot, in my opinion, because I feel like his junior year, there are definitely some plays where I watched and I'm like, man, he gets himself in a great position. He's not quite able to bring in that football. This year, he was able to bring in pretty much every throw that goes his way. You know, um, he did a very good job. You know, if he, if they're throwing his way, you know, and he has a chance to make a play on the ball, he's going to come down with it. He's just more physical. He's bigger. He has better hands, and he really worked on that. He really earned that 9.2 in ball skills for me right here. So there you go. And then finally, we got a 9 in hit power. He is... Probably the na- he is the nastiest hitter on this list here. He hits like a linebacker, and even then, he hits like a top tier linebacker in the state. You know, and he is not the heaviest guy on this list. Uh, well, actually, I don't know, but because you know Josh Gerlock is listed at 204, but he's listed at 200 pounds, and I mean he carries that really well here. If you compare Logan Brantley's hit power at 200 pounds. To a guy who weighs a little bit less than Tommy, uh, who well, 20 pounds less specifically, there is definitely a difference here. And Tommy even outhits his weight, in my opinion. And so he is a nasty hitter. If he gets a clean shot at you, he is gonna fold you. Simple as that. You know, even if he doesn't get a clean shot, he's gonna still make you feel it <laughs> like pretty badly, you know, and he does it a lot, forces some really good fumbles here. He's an aggressive football player very physical you know he has no problems uh no problem getting down and dirty uh, for sure now let's talk about some of his lower ratings here man coverage ability gave him gave him an 8.2 um he was asked to cover some guys in man-to-man and he did a pretty solid job there's probably some technique stuff that you could probably tweak here and there you know and whatnot but still pretty good you know like i wouldn't mind putting him at corner and uh, have him learn that position. Uh, I I could I could actually be pretty okay with that. I wouldn't I wouldn't personally do that, but I think he could do okay at that in my opinion. Uh, run defendability is an 8.1, but that's not even because he doesn't. I mean, it's not because he plays the run poorly per se. I think this is mostly here because of his tackling and his consistency. Uh, tackling wise. He could be a little all over the place. I'm not even going to lie. Tackles a little high. Tackles, uh, you know, like ankle tackles a bit. And that's just angles. You know, he could do a little bit better of a job there. But I also think a lot of the time he's just a little bit too aggressive. He's trying to go for the big hit and whatnot. Doesn't always wrap up. And so it's a consistency issue there. Uh, Also, when he's defending the run, this is something I've kind of noticed. He doesn't always uh, help out his team. As well as he could, you know, not always. There are sometimes he does, you know, but 
there are definitely some times where he's caught being just a little bit over aggressive here. You know, you could be a little bit more disciplined here, Logan, if you're listening to this. Um, and that would go a long way in consistency because there are definitely times where I'm watching him and, you know, he could eat a block and really squeeze that guy and make it easier for someone else to make the play. But there are a lot of times he wants to get it done and I don't blame him. Don't blame him. He does it. He gets it done at least 80 to 90% of the time. But, you know, it's about being a smart football player. You know, you don't always got to go out there and, you know, make the tackle for yourself. You know, and that's, I'm. it sounds weird. I'm nitpicking for sure, but I got to, you know. Still, though, still gave him an 8.1 for that. Uh, other than that, if his consistency goes up, that rating could be as high as a 9 by next year, to be honest with you. Uh, it's just a consistency thing. I think he's just a little over-aggressive. You could dial it back a little bit here and make sure to make the right football play on a more consistent basis. Regardless, I mean, he's just a, he's a great athlete. Carries his weight really well. Uh, really big, you know, and whatnot. Runs fast, hard hitter. Great hands. Covers well. You know, good IQ. A lot of things to like about him. He's for sure a four-star. Uh, I know he's listed as a three-star. I think there might might have been some uncertainty uncertainty between, you know, is he a linebacker, is he a safety? Uh, I think he can play linebacker on the Power 5 level, but it's going to have to be developed a little bit more. Now, as a safety, I think he's for sure a four-star. Cody, what do you think about that, and what are your grades? You know, I think it's funny that you brought up how high of an overall grade you had for him. And it kind of made me realize that he's also probably the prospect that I have rated the highest out of any position that we've had in our rating system. And also, funny enough, for for those who keep track, I'm usually the, the, I, I don't know how to put it, but usually my grades are lower than Coach V's. And they have been for this entire episode up until this very last one, uh, where I actually have Brantley rated at an 884 um, and that's also trying to definitely look a little bit harder for some imperfections in the armor. But I digress here. I'm going to just run down the line here. Man coverage ability, 8.2. Zone coverage ability, 9.3. Top end speed, 8.9. Agility slash hip fluidity, 9.1. Hit power, 8.9. Pass contest consistency, 9. Ball skills, 9. Height slash frame, 8.6. Block shedding ability, 8.9 run defendability 8.5 I'll go ahead and start with like maybe some of the lower grades here but even then that's an 8.2 and 8.5 are the lowest grades here run defendability you gotta agree with coach V here sometimes he can be a little bit undisciplined he can over pursue the play and then he has to come back around to it here or maybe he's just like tackling too high sometimes but even at his worst he's still better than most um, is the easy way to put the run defendability at an 8.5 because I mean he just when he does tackle correctly he does a really good job he does fill lanes very very well when given the opportunity and you know in addition to that his block shedding ability is amongst the best if not the best on this list and it's not even one of his you know top four categories is the crazy thing his ability to block shed he has a bag he can engage tackles he can engage tight ends wide receivers don't stand a chance running backs don't stand a chance against him he is just an overall beast. And I do think that, you know, 
for us, it was even a little bit hard to be like a uh, linebacker or safety. And I think that with his versatile set of skills, I prefer to list him here at safety. And, you know, I also want to echo the same sentiment as Coach V that he was my number one linebacker if he was going to be listed at linebacker. But, you know, with the speed that he has, you know, the top end speed that I have at an 8.9, I do think that you have the ability to put him back in coverage. And, you know, even his second worst, I'm kind of jumping all over the place here because he's just such a valuable prospect. But even his, sec his worst category, man coverage ability at 8.2, there are times when he lines up against a slot receiver and he just gives them a prison sentence because he's so physical and so strong and so fast that there's nothing for them to do. The slot receiver actually does not match up at all well against Logan Brantley. And that's in, you know, a league in the Centennial League where they have slot receivers. There, you know, there's even a guy last year that made our top five wide receivers list who was a slot guy. He's had lots of opportunities over the past two years to match up against slot guys and some of the best, you know, when you look at Jack Pierce last year, as well as Jackson Brush, who was an outside and inside kind of guy at receiver last year. He has reps against those guys, you know, where he does man up on them and even more reps in man coverage this year. And so I think that he's a very solid option to match up against a lot of slot cornerbacks from everything else that he does super well. Agility slash hip fluidity, 9.1. He makes it so easy to transition when on the move, even at, you know, he doesn't slow down when he makes the switch from one direction to another. And I think that that's very, very important. Uh, ball skills, pass contested consistency, as Coach V said, from last year to this year, he made huge strides in being able to play the ball, come down with interceptions, deflect more passes, break on the ball, and, you know, get his hand in there for a lot more breakups. And, uh, you know, from there, he's even really, really good at taking it back to the house. He has two pick sixes this year, which, you know, is a, a tribute to his top end speed and agility slash hip fluidity, being able to move across the field for some of these returns here. Pass contest consistency nine. If you're throwing it in the area of Logan Brantley, he's either going to get a paw on it, intercept it, or he's going to drop you with his 8.9 hit power. His ability to accelerate at the point of somebody trying to make a catch on the ball and just absolutely rock them into dropping the ball. Even passes as easy as, say, you know, screen passes. He's been able to blow those up and force drops there. He's been able to intercept those there with his speed, with his burst. And I think that's why his number one asset with all of these things does shake out to be zone coverage ability simply because he can cover so much of a field. He understands his positioning so, so well. He understands him as an athlete so, so well that he really does just make plays that nobody else on this list can or has made. And he is a true wow player. You know, my my synopsis of him, the first sentence I had was, this dude is a beast. Um, agility and speed allows him to cover multiple receivers in a zone, and that makes him dangerous. His physicality and strength has put receivers in the doghouse where he's bullied them. His ball skills have allowed him to jump passes that QBs thought were easy completions, while also breaking up passes with dangerous closing speed. His ability to drop the hammer is one of the best, and he has a bag of getting around defenders in the run game. And, you know, we'll talk about his commitment a little bit more later, but he is, <laughs> he's a steal, in my opinion here. Coach V, look, uh, first off, how surprised are you that I actually graded a prospect with a higher grade than you? Uh, that's that's a rarity in, in a little bit here. And overall, what do you think of PMC's overall grade here of Brantley at an 88.05? Yeah, no, for sure. As of right now, he is our highest rated prospect in the two years we've done this you know what might be really cool is really uh evaluating some of those guys we did in our first year uh 
keep this in the episode. We might do that. That might be kind of fun. But anyways, you know, he is worth the hype. I mean, he's definitely power five. He is somebody who has a lot of versatility. You can play him at safety. He's going to be great. You can play him at a linebacker. And it doesn't really matter the system. You just got to make sure you mold him to that. And he could be really good there too. Um, shoot, if you wanted to put him at corner, you could try. And he would hold his own for sure, I would say. <sighs> Regardless, I mean, he's a baller, man. I mean, so it also helps that he's like a freak of nature. Moving the way he does at 6'1", 6'2", 200, 205 pounds. He holds that weight really well. Could even still put on weight and be great, honestly. I mean, he is special. He's what made this Pine... Or, sorry, Pine Creek. He's what made this Cherry Creek team really special. I was thinking about his game against Pine Creek. Excuse me. So, there you go there. I mean, absolutely agreed. Not super surprised. If there was anybody, uh, it would be him, you know. That would be rated really high, and I think that's rightfully so here. Um, yeah, I mean, not too much here to put out there. I am going to say this. Now, how successful he is on the next level will depend on the coaching staff and the program. I think the worst thing you could do for him is not tell him what position he's going to play and go through with that and be ambiguous with it and be like, oh, I need you to play this or that. I think the best thing for him is to really just focus on position and work on that. I think obviously being focused and not having to worry year by year, oh, am I going to play linebacker? Should I be bulking up? Or am I going to play safety? Should I be slimming down? You know, what should I be working on? It's a lot, you know, it's a lot. And so that's the only way this whole thing goes wrong for him in college. Regardless, though, he earned plenty of offers and he is committed, one of the few to commit before the season, I believe, to Kansas. And, you know, I'm going to shout out some of you haters on TikTok who are all like, oh, it's not impressive that he committed to Kansas. Some of y'all commented that before Kansas had a really good season this year. Now you're looking like a bunch of idiots, but regardless, it's a D1. It also looks really good because Kansas is on the ups. You know, they have the potential to take a hold of the Big 12 with the likes of Texas and OU leaving. And Logan Brantley might be a big part of those plans to do that because he is a special player over there. Cody, what do you think about his commitment to Kansas? Personally, I like it a lot, especially after the season they had this year. I think they're on the ups as a program. I think he is going to fit uh, over there and bring some championship DNA to that Kansas Jayhawks squad. Boy, does he got that championship DNA. You know that's right. And, uh, you know, I think that's something that's interesting to note here in Logan Brantley's journey is he was arguably the most impactful defensive player, or at least stat-wise, in the championship game against Valor. Um, not in 2022, but in 2021. I mean, who knows? Maybe by the time you're hearing this, maybe he was the biggest impact player in the 2022 game. But I digress. In 2021, he was flying all over the field. He was blowing up Gavin Sajak, four-star recruit, to OU. And I bet Kansas really liked how that looked, honestly, having to compete against OU, uh, at least for the time being, and recognizing that he really is just an athletic baller. And I mean, look, this dude had offers. I mean, look. Off, let me just list off everywhere that he had an offer to and shout out Kansas for, you know, really selling Logan Brantley here and being a good fit because, I mean, he had offers to Wyoming, Utah State, UNLV, Tulsa, San Diego State, Nevada, Minnesota, 
That's an interesting one there. Fresno State, Eastern Michigan. Uh, Eastern Michigan. Oh, my gosh. Don't know what happened there. Uh, CU, Arizona, Air Force, and Washington State. But I do think that Kansas, look, the size and scope of their school makes a lot of sense for Logan Brantley. I think that, you know, impression-wise, he's going to have a lot of chances to really show his game on the national level. And, yeah, like you said, Kansas, they're on the up and up. And I think that that's a really good fit for Logan Brantley. Now, obviously, you know, CU might have some interesting news coming up. So, but, um, you know, I think that Brantley's a great, great fit here for Kansas. And I think that he could do a lot for that program. And I think that it's a very symbiotic uh, relationship that they could have where, you know, he's just as important for Kansas as Kansas is for him. And don't forget, Kansas has produced some very solid NFL talent. Uh, not necessarily recently, but, you know, not like eons ago either, where you have have secondary guys from Kansas who have won Super Bowls and have been, you know, defensive players of the week on the NFL level. So I think that that's something that you can also kind of note as far as like a historical Jayhawk perspective here, uh, Jayhawk to NFL player. That's pretty interesting to look at and noteworthy, I'd say. Yeah, no, for sure. We'll see what happens. I'm really interested to see whether they play him at linebacker or safety or just keep him in that hybrid like he did with Cherry Creek because I think that would work out as well here. Uh, they're getting a talented player. You know, that's what matters. They're getting one of the best in Colorado. I feel like the three-star, you know, there's a lot of nuance with that, with being a three-star. You know, you could either be closer to a four- or five-star guy or, you know, maybe you're closer to uh you know, D2, two-star, one-star guy, or maybe you are actually a three-star. But with Logan Brantley, I'm very, very convinced, at least from what I've seen in high school and what Cody has seen as well, that he is a four-star guy as a safety. You know, there's not many guys that carries the weight he does, that has the athleticism he does, or that he does, um, that has the skills that he has. Usually, you know, there are some guys that are freaks of nature, but they don't know how to catch a football or they don't know how to bait a quarterback as well as him. I mean, he has it all. He He's a very versatile player that's going to be an absolute weapon for that squad. And so I'm so excited for him. Uh, he's a stud of a football player, and I think he's very well deserving of this spot. And this is in a class where there are a lot of good safeties. I'm looking at... Jason Tommy, Gerlock, Trey Stott. I mean, those are all guys that we kind of felt like were pretty much locks for this list and would battle it out here. For Logan Brantley, I think we kind of assumed he would be more considered more of a linebacker. But hey, things changed. We're going off of this last season. He looked a lot more like a safety. And so he's rated as one of the top safeties because not only did he look like one, but he played as the top tier, as the best in the state. And I am pretty sure of that so um yeah cody anything else to add on here before we recap i'm just very excited to see where his career goes and um you know just yeah i i'm also from the perspective of december 2nd 2022 i'm excited to see what he does in the big game that giddy and i will be at tomorrow slash if you're listening well when you listen to this a few weeks ago but you know this was a very fun list to do and honestly this is like usually when coach v and i do a list there's definitely like some negotiating some conversation and you know what do you think of this what do you think of this and you know there's some there's way more intense dialogue but i would say that these five guys did a really good job 
of keeping that dialogue to a minimum and keeping uh, Coach V and I on the same page here. And so I'm going to go ahead and run through them one more time. At number five, Caleb Davis out of Cherokee Trail, sneaking in here at that 75.55 overall rating. Uh, Two-star guy, extremely fast athlete. Trey Stott, number four out of Valor Christian High School with offers to University of San Diego, Valpo, Northern Colorado, Drake here coming in at an 80.45, so three-star guy here. Joshua Gerlach, the second out of Palmer Ridge High School, the lone 4A guy on here with offers to Chadron and Puget Sound with some interest from Wyoming, UNCO, NAU, and EWU. Overall graded out at an 83.3, very solid run defender and, you know, very high upside in other categories. Number two, Jason Tommy out of Ralston Valley High School. Lots of, you know, camps and game day visits, uh, particularly to UNCO and CSU Pueblo. Overall grade of 83.7 between Coach V and I for the PMC grade. Three-star solidified. And the number one safety of the class of 2023 here is Cherry Creek's very own championship caliber defender Logan Brantley the Jayhawk commit sliding in at an 88.05 and as of December 2nd the highest graded prospect in PMC rubric history PMC rubric history I do like the idea of going back through our old recruits especially because we've been able to see some of them make plays on the collegiate level and seeing how our predictions fared out that way but coach V if you don't have anything else to add on about these guys, I think that we can go ahead and do our classic outro. Well, before we do that, I just want to say, you know, a lot of great players. Make sure you pay attention to some of these grades because some of these were extremely close here. I mean, Caleb Davis, he was at a 75.55. But then you look at Trey Stott, Josh Gerlach, Jason. Uh, all of those guys are basically within less than a point with each other. I mean, that's like a three-point spread right there, so there you go. Logan Brantley obviously separates himself by four points, but even then, that's not a lot. And honestly, hey, doing the little things matter. We pay attention, and we look at the film, and we look at specific situations and games where we could critique or where we're trying to look for a big play and whatnot, and either you deliver or not, you know, and that's how we uh, grade these. So just want to throw that out there because it... It's, it was pretty seamless ranking these guys, but also at the same time, it was pretty close. I mean, the mild improvements can close the gaps pretty fast yeah, amongst a handful of these for guys. For sure, and it's high school film that we're looking at, so obviously they're going to make mistakes. We take that into account, but we still got to be honest. You know, that's where we see them right now, and so uh, they'll continue to get better and whatnot. I mean, off-seasons change things. Coaching staffs change things. A lot of happens, but uh, I feel pretty good about this. So, Cody, go ahead and uh, say our little outro here, and we could get out of here. Yeah, so thank you for listening to another edition of Playmakers Corner Top 5 Seniors by Position here. We have so much fun with this series. It really is you know, our roots as a podcast here. So make sure to listen to our past ones and upcoming ones. You can listen to any of those anywhere you listen to podcasts, whether that be Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, or Anchor. 
you know, and there's a couple of other distributors, but those are our big ones there. Uh, so go ahead and check us out on there. And when you go there, make sure to like, subscribe, or hit follow on those so you get notifications for when the podcasts come out. If those aren't really your vibe and you're more of a YouTube kind of person, go ahead and find us on YouTube at Playmakers Corner here, where we have a handful of episodes as well. And, you know, I think that we have all of our old episodes prior to this season up on our website as well. Um, So I guess there's one more place that you could look for our other top five stuff. But for upcoming stuff, make sure to stay tuned to primarily those aforementioned listed sites and whatnot. Also, make sure to keep eyes out on our TikTok where we have been posting, you know, our end of the year awards. We have some interviews up there and, you know, we're going to have highlight reels as well for these top five athletes. And, you know, I think that's also a callback to uh, one of the things that kind of set us a little bit apart from other media outlets as well in Colorado. But, you know, if you... uh, Want to also be notified of anything that we're doing as well? Make sure to follow us on social media there. That's at Playmaker Corner for Twitter, or that's Playmakers Corner on Instagram and Facebook. New episodes, highlight reels, reposting film, especially on Twitter and whatnot for where we have scouts follow us and stuff. That's always good to just give us a tag, and uh, you know we'll we'll try our best to like and retweet anything that you guys do that with and. Yeah, we have plenty of really fun positions coming up. We have ones that, you know, will be as challenging as they ever have been. And we have ones that, you know, like the safety one went pretty seamlessly. So stay tuned for plenty of dialogue between Coach V and myself. And on this episode, I have been Cody Stoffer. By the way, uh, we haven't been saying this, but if you're on the list, we'd love to interview you. Uh, it'd be over Skype, so no no pressure, but we'd love to do it. So consider this your official invite. I don't know how many of y'all are actually listening to this, so we'll just put it in the description. But I'm your other co-host, Coach V. Great memory, Coach V, and we'll catch you next time. Peace. Peace, peace. <laughs>